Yes, people, and it's that time again. Echo Chamber episode 15. And um, let's get into it. Okay, so here is the um, UK box office for the weekend of the 8th to the 10th of February. At number 10, All Is True. At number 9, Mary Poppins Returns. At number 8, we got Vice. At number 7, Escape Room. At number 6, Mary Queen of Scots. At number 5, we've got Glass. Then at number 4, Green Book. At number 3, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And I believe that's the last of the trilogy. At number 2, Attila Battle Angel. And at number 1, I think straight in at number 1, The Lego Movie 2. So yeah... Um, this week, it's pretty much, it's a Netflix week, um, just for schedules and everything, there's not really been a chance to get to the cinema, man, it's all been crazy, so yeah, we, we, we checked out, um, two of the new, um, Netflix original films, so, um, hope you enjoy these reviews. So my first film this week was Close, um, which is a Netflix film. It's directed by Vicky Jewson. It was Rick, written by um, Vicky and Rupert Whittaker. It stars Naomi Rapace, Olivia Jewson, Abdelif Shakrik, um, and... The gist of the film is, while in South Sudan on a routine mission, close protection officer Sam Coulson saves two journalists she is protecting when their vehicle is attacked by local insurgents. Meanwhile, Zoe Tanner, the troubled child and heir of recently deceased business tycoon Eric Tanner, discovers she has been left all of her father's shares in his company, Hassin Mining. This shocks and angers her stepmother, Rima Hassin, whose family founded the company and who has taken over Eric's position as CEO. Having succeeded in renegotiating a billion dollar deal for phosphite mining in Zambia, Rima demands that Zoe accompany her to the family house in Morocco while she completes the deal. And that's when everything goes to hell. Um, yeah, Zoe is like there's an attempt attempt of kidnapping. Um. And yeah, the film kind of goes from there. This is a very interesting film. I was, I would say, and you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's I don't think it was. I don't think it was as good as, but that's not saying it was bad. 
but it reminded me of Man on Fire, the Denzel Washington, um, Tony Scott film. And this seemed like a grittier version. Man on Fire is incredible. It's a great film. It was the film that I always kind of thought was the archetype of the Punisher, like what the a Punisher film should have been, and like until you first saw Punisher in Daredevil season two, and you're like, okay, yeah, like Punisher on Netflix will be good, but um, you know, so Man on Fire was that film, you know, it it was violent, it was unapologetic, it was insane, it was crazy. And it didn't try to go for happy endings. It was just like, this is what I am. So, Close reminded me of that, but without the the Hollywood big budget. You know what I mean? There was, there was no lavish explosions, no, like, pyrotechnics. This was just gritty and grimy. You know, I don't think... Like, this film, it seemed perfect for Netflix, you know, because I can, I imagine it wasn't one of the higher budget films, um, and I think that worked, I, I, you know what I mean, I, I think if this had the huge, crazy explosions of things like that, that it wouldn't have been the same, that it might not have worked, but the way it was, you were like, okay, yeah, no, I, I kind of, I believe this, I get this, you know, I, I can, I can feel myself, like, in that kind of mindset, in that zone, you know, um, I, I, I would say that, um, it kind of fools you, because the way everything unraveled, I was definitely thinking in a certain in a certain way. I kind of had things mapped out and was just like, okay, so yeah, it's it's obviously going like this. So I don't know if I'm just unobservant, but when the end came, I was like, oh shit, okay. Huh interesting although there are things that like there are questions because there are certain things that would be like okay so if that's the case how is this explained you know so there is stuff like that but um yeah i i i definitely enjoyed this film and i i think it um it kind of showed that you can make you can make a film without a huge budget and and it's still enjoyable um you know you can make this type of film this kind of action film and that you can make it kind of realistic because they didn't try and make you know sam this crazy like just wrecking machine or like you know unstoppable strength or you know anything like that 
Yeah, so you you could buy into it more in how everything kind of played out. Like, I would say, you know, they did give, like, like Rapace's character, Sam, they did give her, like, these supposedly facial scars. But they weren't really scars. They weren't really, you know what I mean? It was just nothing. It was like, you know what I mean? I, I, I've seen, like, moles bigger. So it was a bit like, oh, yeah, there's a, a few questions like, oh, what's wrong with your face? And she's just like, like, there's nothing wrong with her face. You know what I mean? There's a little mark on her face. That's it. Damn. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something, but... Frankly, I could not see, yeah, when I say I could not see anything wrong with her face, that's not really saying much, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I don't know, to me, it, it didn't seem like there was anything wrong there. But I thought Rapace was very good at playing a character that that kind of is haunted by certain things. So there's certain elements that that, that she's haunted by and she needs, you know, work to keep going. I would say that I, I wish that they didn't give her a daughter element because I don't think it added anything to the film. I don't think that added anything to the film. And also, I would say that her relation relationship with um Zoe who's played by Sophie Nelles like it does get like towards the end it gets a bit they they you know they I feel they forced it a bit you know um which wasn't needed i i think it's kind of detracted from the film because you know what I mean like Sam's paid to do this job to protect her so they don't have to be friends you know what I mean you you can take care of someone without now being best friends and all of that kind of shit so that was a bit like mm, like we didn't need that you didn't need to force that in you know so and then it's just like promise me that you'll call your daughter, and it's just like, ah, don't do that, don't, you know what I mean, don't, don't force this bullshit in, like, cut that out, and it's a better film, that, 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 I mean, that's what I think, like, um, Sophie Nelles, who played Zoe, like, it, it wasn't a flawless performance, but I do do think for the most part that she did, um, yeah, she did kind of cover the role well. But yeah, there there were elements that it was a bit like, what what's she doing here? You read it is like this is just a bit weird. But yeah, for the most part, she was pretty decent. Um, like some of the bad guys were a bit one-dimensional and wooden, but again, it, it, that wasn't the end of the world, you know what I mean, that didn't really ruin, ruin things, I would say that, um, Indira, 
Varma, who, um, you know, like we, I think people will recognize her from so many things. You know, she she has been ah uh, all over the place, and she pretty much kills it in all the stuff she's in. You know, I mean, Game of Thrones. She was. Oh my god, she was fantastic in Game of Thrones. And then um, Rome. Like, so good in Rome. And Luther, really good in Luther. Um, yeah, her character in this film. I think her character really does make this film. Because she has to sell you. And if she can't hold her her side down, this is not the same film, you know? So, yeah, I would say that, yeah, she, she is this film's linchpin. And she does a really great, really, um, yeah, great performance. Uh, so, yeah, it was... Um, it was a decent film, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure, it, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a cinema film, but it's a good film to watch at home, you know what I mean, just on the sofa, and you're, you're, you're immersed all the way through, I don't think there's a moment when you're out of the film, because you're so kind of like, oh, What's going to happen? Where are they going to go now? Like, what's going to happen now? There's no way out. This is insane. So, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say, people, that if you're looking for a um, a new film to watch on Netflix, check out Close. It's an action thriller. Um, and, yeah, I- I'd say, look, if you're a fan of Man on Fire, I think you would like this. If you are a fan of um, the Bourne trilogy, it's got that kind of gritty, real world kind of feel like those films had. So yeah, that is close on Netflix. Uh, it's directed by Vicky Jusen, um, sorry Naomi Rapace, Olivia Jusen, Abdilif Shakik, and um, Sophie Nellis. Okay, so the last film this week was I.O., which is a Netflix film. Uh, It's directed by Jonathan Halpert, um, and it was written by Clay Jeter. And Clay Jeter, he was a baseball player, right? I mean, I don't know, baseball isn't a thing over here, but I swear the name rings a bell. But yes, it was written by Clay Jeter, Charles Spano, and um, <clears throat> Will Basanta. Um, and it is starring Margaret Qualley, Anthony Mackie, um, yeah, and they're the main... Yeah, they're the main people, really. I mean, um, yeah, I guess Danny Houston 
he's in it a little bit, but yeah, not really. It's a very small, a very small cast. And the uh, storyline is Sam, who's played by Margaret Quilly, one of the last survivors on a post-apocalyptic Earth, is a young scientist dedicated to finding a way for humans to adapt and survive, rather than abandon their world. But with the final shuttle scheduled to leave the planet for a distant colony, her, de- t- t- her determination to stay is rocked by the arrival of another survivor, Micah, played by uh, Mackie. She must decide whether to journey with him to join the rest of humanity and begin life anew, or stay to fight for Earth's survival. And um, I think that's what this film is basically about really It's about survival It's about love It's kind of about identity You know And um, Yeah I mean it's, it's kind of interesting like there's definitely things in it that remind you of um uh what's it, that Matt Damon film um it reminds you of uh The Martian that's it yes there's there's kind of things in it that do kind of make you think of that and like other other kind of elements are that of its own, you know, um, and as I said, look, it's this exploration, some of it, it, you know, it is definitely a slow, sedate paced film, and, you know, it, it, it is, it does suit Netflix well, because I don't think this is something that it would have needed to be seen in a cinema, but it is kind of interesting. It was, it's like, what would you do in these situations? How would you how would you cope with being alone for you know that this extended period of time? Like burying people that you loved, you know, having you know all these setbacks. Trying to find the keys to survival. Like, how would you cope with that? And what drives you? You know what I mean? What, what's the kind of things that are driving you to keeping on, keeping on? Like that, that, that's the kind of, kind of thing. And then also, so you're doing all of this. You're persevering. But you're also lying. So what is it that is making you lie? What is it that is holding you back from accepting human intimacy? Like these are the kind of things that are looked at. I, I you know, some some are explored more than others. Some things are kind of alluded to. But um yeah, it, like, even when the film isn't, like, 
completely diving in on a subject because you're seeing it and you're really thinking about the situation you do contemplate it yourself you know it does make you think in that respect uh, because yeah i wouldn't say it's an incredible film but i do think that the roles are are delivered well and I it it it's one of those things where, um, yes, the film could have been played in many different ways. You know, there could have been a lot more emotion. There could have been a lot of anger, a lot of tears, a lot of, but it 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 was more low key than that. It was more subtle and subdued, and I think that kind of works. It kind of fit it. Because, you know, I think if you've ever had long periods of solitude, you do kind of close off. You know what I mean? Like emotion is kind of put on the back burner. And it becomes harder to interact properly with people. Because you're just not used to it. So I think it kind of works in that respect. Um, but it, yeah, I would say, look, if you enjoyed like things like The Martian, I'd say definitely give it a go. Like, I think the end... Is, uh, I think there's aspects of it that I was like, yeah, I kind of saw that happening. Um, there's other things that were a bit like, oh, well, I didn't think that would happen. But it's not fully a shock when everything plays out as it does. But it does kind of give you poise. So, yeah, I, I look, as I said, this isn't a groundbreaking film. This isn't an incredible film. It's not going to change your life. But it is interesting, and it does have it. It does have kind of poignant kind of moments in it. So yeah, if you like survival films, if you like that cold exploration of self, then uh, it might be worth checking out. I O. And I have to say, when I first saw this film, I did think it was called Ten, but no, it's called I.O. It's on Netflix, so um, yeah, check it out when you can. Okay, so we will do some film news and then bounce, okay? Well, in... um. Somewhat of a surprise, but not really a surprise if you think about it. Warner Brothers is making a Aquaman spin-off film. I mean, it's a surprise because it's about the creatures that live in the trench. You know, the crazy shit at the very end. When the cold kidman goes and they have to go after her and all of that. Silliness So yeah it's a surprise It's that 
But seeing that Aquaman is one of their biggest um, comic book films, it's not really a surprise that they are trying to um, go back to the well on that one. Um, so yeah, it's supposedly it's going to be a smaller budget than most of the DC um, superhero films. Um, but yeah, I think James Wan is coming back to direct um, to direct this one, and Peter Safran will um, produce the project. Okay, so next, um, James Cameron is out at the moment doing a lot of press for uh, Battle um, Battle Angel. Um, and he has revealed that the next Terminator film is going to be titled Dark Fate. Um, and it's going to ignore all the um, sequels that came after Judgment Day. Which is a shame because I did like the end of Terminator 3 with Claire Danes. Just because, you know what I mean, it was like you all thought he, they were trying to save the day. And then it's just Arnie like, nah, I was just keeping you safe. Fuck the world. That was, that was just like, the, the film itself was a bit meh. It wasn't amazing, but I really like the end. But, yeah, so this new film is going to essentially be Terminator 3. They're um, scrapping everything else. Um... And it's um, starring Mackenzie Davis, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Natalia Reyes, Diego Bonita, and Gabriel Luna. Uh, Tim Miller is directing and Cameron is producing. And, um, yeah, that, like... Cameron said that he only made the film because he was able to get Schwarzenegger and Hamilton back. Um, and he, he said, fans are going to want to see uh, Linda Hamilton again. And they're going to want to see the real Sarah Connor. And what time and dealing with these tragic futures has done to her. It's hardened her even more. But in a way that made her much stronger. Maybe less likeable, but stronger. And ultimately, she becomes a really important character in passing the baton to the new characters that come in. It's very female-centric film, which I'm glad Tim embraced those themes. So yeah, could be interesting. We will, um, we will see, right? But uh, who knows? Um, also, in not really a surprise because, um, yeah, I mean they they be, they did it with Transformers, but Hasbro, um, you know they've got the rights back to Power Rangers, and um, yeah, they're gonna reboot. The um the reboot the franchise with um Parabout. 
um, yeah, I mean, it's not a big thing because, you know, Hasbro, yeah, Hasbro bought um, the Power Rangers stable a while back. They've already re- rebooted Transformers because then Hasbro decided to actually set up a, 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 a film studio. So it kind of seems to make sense that they're just going to, you know, restart all their properties and um, make another stab at it. Or even though, uh, you know, the last Power Rangers film did seem to be more successful. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's... um, you know, no real other details have been um, attached. You know, no, no director, no recording date or anything like that. Just the fact that, yeah, this is this is going to be a thing. You know, what I mean, Hasbro and um, Paramount. So yeah, I don't know. Do, do people really want more Power Rangers in their life? Well. You're gonna get them. So, uh, <laughs> well, you have to vote with your, um, vote with your pockets, right? Um, more Paramount news. They have just picked up the rights to Kyle Stark's graphic novel, Kill the Ball. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's kind of, Set around um, a murderess on a revenge streak and a hard-drinking former cop who get what they want by teaming up and um, aiming to take down a crime lord who um, lives in Miami on top of a 15-story high-rise. So you can imagine, you know what I mean, a kind of Judge Dread or Dread, because Judge Dread was not very good, but Dread and the Raid-type film, you know what I mean, making their way through the building, kicking ass. Um, no date on when this is going to be um, going in production. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to stay tuned on that one. Uh, Okay, so next up. um, Frank Kraki is going to be making uh, a new Legend of Sinbad film for Millennium Entertainment and Eagle Films. Um, I have to say, as a kid, I... Loved the Harry, um, ugh, I can never say his name, Harry Hasselblagen, whatever it is. You know what I mean? The stop animation stuff. Uh, Sinbad, the Eye of the Tiger, the Seven Seas of Sinbad, ah, the Voyage of Sinbad. Loved those films, man. They, they were incredible. They were great. So I'm looking forward to this. But one of the things that always got me was the fact that yeah like Sinbad was always lily white and you know he he came from you know like he's from the middle east like the Sinbad legend came from like the arabian nights 
you know, the 1001 Nights and all of that. So how the hell could he be a lily white motherfucker? Made no sense. But this new film is um, is going to be having a cast with Middle Eastern origins, including Sinbad himself. So um, I think that is very promising. Um, it will be interesting to see how this does, though, because obviously, because I think we all know why certain films are cast in a certain way. This is financing, and it's a star power trying to bring people in to watch the film. So, um, you know, with with a cast of probably more unknown people. Will people come for the story itself? You know, or or for a good trailer? Who knows? It will be interesting to see, though. Um, and hey, you know, what I mean, every week is a June week, right? And this is no different. So, um, we've got. Uh, a lot of people cast already for Denny's Villeneuve's upcoming um, June duplet. And the newest member to the uh, June family will be um, Josh Brolin. Yes, Josh Brolin and he will be playing Gurney Halleck. Oh, yes. And Halleck is the war master for the Atreides family and mentor-like character for Paul Atreides, playing, who's being played by Timothy Chalamet. Um, so, yeah, this is very exciting. Um, Patrick Stewart played the character in the David Lynch film, um, it, I forget who played him in the um, sci-fi miniseries, but I just remember it. It wasn't that that character wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, Brolin joins Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Shalamon, uh, Zendaya. Um, Javier Bodum um, and Stellan Stuggard. Oh, and Dave Batista. Can't forget Dave Batista uh, and Charlotte Rampling. So, um, <laughs> a lot of great actors. So, um, God damn it, looking forward to this. There's a few more roles to cast. So, we still got Fade. We've still got Emperor Shaddam the Fifth, Duncan Idaho, Doctor Wellington UA, and Princess Irulan. Um Oh and Aaliyah. Yeah, little Aaliyah tradies. And it's gonna be interesting how they cast that role. But um you know like that's not I think oh, this is gonna be a good film. 
can't wait. Very much looking forward to it. But um, yeah, I think that's us people. Um, hopefully next week I can uh, talk properly, and I'm not gonna be all um, all nasally and sounding weird. Although I don't know how I sound, so who knows? I don't know. Maybe this is sexy, right? <laughs> um, I doubt it. But anyway, yes, we are done for another week. And, um, yeah, gonna, you should have some good, oh, definitely gonna have some good shit for you next week. I know that for a fact. Um, yeah, because, um, actually, no, I'm not gonna even say, uh, just tune in, tune in, because it's gonna be a good one. But I will say this, um, Next week's episode is going to come a, a, a few days earlier because, um, yeah, it, it's due to promoting some stuff. But, yeah, we're going to drop a few days earlier. Um, so that will be fun, right? Cool. Well, um, follow on um, on all the channels, man, like wherever you get your podcasts subscribe, leave a comment, um, rate it, share it with your friends, badly appreciate all the love, um, and the fact that, hey, we're growing every week, so thank you, people, and, um, I'll see you next week, all right, peace.